final hour of the People Show. Coming to you live from the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five-star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. Bick Nazar, Israel Fair here. Love doing this uh, every Tuesday during the football season. Debut it right before the season. Again, we'll have more uh, prediction stuff coming up. We'll do records that are subject to change prior to the kickoff of the season. But we'll do some of that uh, coming up later on this week. But the power ranks always gets the inbox going. You can text in 650-650 into the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. Dunbar Lumber, three stores to serve you in Ladner on Bridge Street. Dunbar Lumber Express at Ladner Center or Arbutus in Vancouver online. DunbarLumber.com. We'll get to the power ranks in just a second, but uh, Pete Carroll uh, joined Richard Sherman's podcast on the uh, Volume Sports Network uh, or Podcast Network. And uh, what do you think they talked about? A lot of things. Uh, Pete's history. What do you think went viral? What happened at Super Bowl Forty Nine? <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? And Pete very much like. No agenda, all these narratives that like we wanted to do this, wanted to do that, uh, was not a thing. Uh, again, he's it, it was obvious then, but he's explained it a Pete lot. Carroll can talk his way out of a paper bag. Yes. Again, I I don't want to rehash Super Bowl 49, but like I never never really had a problem with the play call. It's just bad execution. And the way he actually described it, though, of talking about, like, we wanted to maximize four chances yep. to get into the end zone. Like, again, there's logic in that. That part I kind of disagree with. But the idea of they were in heavy personnel, we were in 11 personnel, we could score a touchdown. Yeah, like, I've never had a problem with throwing the ball. It just don't screw up three things that shouldn't have screwed up. And suddenly, you're not in that position. But and he was very much like... Decade later. He was very much like, no agenda. No agenda on any of that sort of stuff. Which is not surprising. I was I was kind of expecting Sherm to like grill him on it though, but well they're tight again. Yeah, he's back in the fraternity. They're they're all back, man. It's is that a good thing or a bad thing? I like it, especially for that franchise where you hear it all the time. Going to Seattle's a commitment. They had not had real culture beyond, I guess, the foundation that like Mike Holmgren set, which was you. They'd run the ball, and they they had great offensive yeah. line. They had Sean Alexander for a number of years. But it's not like they had that culture, that identity. Pete Carroll gave them that in spades. And now not only that, but there is, you know, the history is still there. Those guys are still part of it. They also live there. They all they all love it. it I think it's a great selling point yeah. for the franchise long term. And, and, like, that was the thing, like, Pete talks about that on the pod, where it's, it's not just that, like, players came here and had success – it's that they committed to the market. They commit like they all still live there. They're all part of the program now. No, the preseason game. Yeah, it's, it's uh, Mike Robb and Michael Bennett and KJ Wright all on the sideline, yes. just kind of doing the, the the interviews. Right, they're all still heavily involved. And and the way Pete was talking about it, it's not that it casts a shadow, and because it can, because I think that's a negative way it of looking can, at it for sure. It can cast a shadow. I mean, of all you hear these... that like historically. Uh, I'll make the specific reference like the Friday Night Lights stuff. Like, sure. Hey, the high school team that won, and now yep. oh, you just keep hearing about the high school team. Go in state. You can't, yeah. yeah, you can't move on from the team that won state and all of that kind of stuff. At the pro level, I think it's different. And I think circumstantially with Seattle, having a battle that outpost perception. Yeah. That a lot of these guys who are from 
all across the United States. I'm sure maybe easier for the California guys to assimilate because it's mm-hmm. not too far from a home. But there still is that perception that, wow, Seattle, that's basically it's basically in Canada. It's basically in another country for them to have that and, and set the bar. This is a franchise that didn't have much of a bar mm-hmm. set. Now you, you know that the best that you can win a Super Bowl here. And uh, I, from everything that I see from the younger players, the ones that are trying to do their own version of it, it's nice to have those reminders. Because you mentioned, like, okay, living up to the bar. I've said this a lot when we talk about, like, retired jersey numbers. I, I, I don't care about retired jersey numbers. I care more about, like, I think it's interesting for a, a player, a new player, to wear the same number to live up to the standard all of a sudden, right? This is the same thing of what you're talking about there. These players are integrating themselves, and yeah, okay, there's a shadow, but the shadow is only relative to the people that are talking about it. If you don't accept that there's a shadow, and you say, hey, I'm going to live up to the opportunity, then yeah, you can ascend to be part of something pretty special. I think that's the point Pete Carroll is trying to make in the podcast, uh, which you can go listen to with Richard Sherman. It's an interesting way of looking at it, just to, mm-hmm. rather than, you know. And it's not like those guys are decision makers. Yeah. They're mostly commentators. Yeah. Around the team, it's not the Oilers thing. We're all it's all the all the great yeah. Oilers players from the eighties. They they get to run the team now. No, these guys are just situationally up, brought hanging in. out, yeah. giving some pointers when there. But it's more it's the P. Carroll big on vibes. Yeah. It's, it's the environment. It's the vibes, and it's it is that reminder of hey, this is this is what it can be uh, when when things are done at the highest level here, when the talent is there. Uh, to perform at that level. Uh, speaking of vibes, we love the vibes that the power ranks bring. Let's get into it. The first edition of Bix Best. Start from 10, work our way to the top, and I'll admit here, there was a tie at 10, and I kind of just had to make a executive decision and leave the New York Jets out of the top 10, mainly because... Their biggest weakness is not as big as the Baltimore Ravens' weakness, who slide in at number 10. I'm buying in. There's a bit of a projection here, but I'm buying into the Lamar Jackson new offense hype. With Todd Monken coming in, this is a former MVP. They've got some new pieces. Zay Flowers looks fantastic. And I'm just betting on historical success with the Baltimore Ravens, who always just find a way to have fantastic seasons after seasons. Good head coach with John Harbaugh. They've had some bad luck here in a couple of seasons, injuries, but they get 10 wins last year in a season that was all about Lamar's contract. I have the Baltimore Ravens sitting at number 10. That's kind of a tear jump from here to the L.A. Chargers. You mentioned it, Herbert, fantastic. We were all uh, talking with Donovan Bennett earlier, the internet quarterback. He's so great. There's still a step that he still has to take, but there are a lot of pieces that finally point up for the LA Chargers. It's just, can you get out of your own way finally and be a serious franchise that everyone kind of sees the potential, but we haven't quite seen come to culmination. But you're in that tough division. I got the LA Chargers here in the same tier with those Pete Carroll-led Seattle Seahawks sitting at number eight. They've done this rebuild, retool on the fly, whatever you want to call it, perfectly. They are deep everywhere except for defensive line. We'll get into that in a second. They've got premium talent at skill position players. Ken Walker, Zach Charbonnet, Smith and Jigba, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. 
offensive line grows a year. Geno Smith gets to be solidified for a year. What does that offense look like? Could very well be a top eight, top seven offense in the NFL. And the back end with all the resources they've poured into it, Quandre Diggs, Jamal Adams, Witherspoon, Reek Woolen, they are loaded uh, on the back end. That defense uh, has a chance to be fantastic from the back moving to the front, but we'll get to the front in just a bit. Miami Dolphins, I'm finally including them. RJ and Clarney can relax. Randy Janda, after I slandered them a lot last year, they are in the top seven for the NFL power rankings ahead of the Seattle Seahawks. A lot to like about this team. Obviously, Mike McDaniel's done a fantastic job uh, making that transition from uh, an offensive mind offensive coach to head coach in Miami but you just look at the talent obviously unlucky with Jalen Ramsey but there is a lot of talent both pass catching Tyreek Hill Jalen Waddle, and then the defense too Xavier Howard still fantastic they got some guys that are ready to pop on the defensive line as well plenty of investment there it's just a matter of is there enough depth but they have the high end certainly to compete in the AFC. Now there's a tear jump again. Let's get to the NFC candidates at six. I got the San Francisco 49ers sitting at number six. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan's a fantastic coach. It's just really about Brock Purdy is all. They got talent all across the field. Defense is still a bunch of banshees running around, lighting people up and create turnovers. They got to solve the Nick Bosa thing, but of course it'll get solved. He'll be playing week one. They come in at number six. The Eagles! Top five, but not the NFC leaders for me, although they're also close here in this gap. Eagles, it's just about solidifying what you did last year. Is Jalen Hurts still going to be the class of the NFC? Does he take a step back? Shane Steichen goes out, lands in the Colts. How does that offensive play calling uh, go now with Nick Sirianni taking over? Is there a transitional period for the Eagles right now? But certainly a lot to like. They got one of the best, if not the best, uh, offensive line. I just worry about the overall depth, but we'll get into that in just a second. Dallas Cowboys, look, they have the exact same grade as the Eagles. I have put 1-4, 1-5, but they're the exact same. But I just like a little bit more about the Cowboys. Micah Parsons, I, I keep saying it, he's ready to take over this league. I'm expecting like a 16-sack season from Micah Parsons. I think Brandon Cooks is a huge addition to this wide receiver group because it just slots everyone in a better spot. They're asking too much of Michael Gallup, asking too much of Jalen Tolbert previously. This offense has a chance to be special. Dak has to, has to limit the interceptions. But right now, I got them number four. And then there's another tier jump here. We get out of the NFC, we go back to the AFC, and it's just three teams that are razor-thin differences here. I, I don't have much between them. I'll put the Bengals at three. For no real reason in particular, I just think they're a little bit solid, a bit more smoother than the Buffalo Bills. But if you're looking for a high-end explosive team, it could be the Buffalo Bills at two. Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, that situation has to be resolved. But if it works with Kincaid in there, it could be certainly be a fireworks show in Buffalo. And at number one, who else but the Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. In the same tier, but... A little bit of a cut above than the rest of the top 10 and certainly the Buffalo Bills I just don't know I know I was talking with Donovan earlier and just saying yeah the Chiefs are the class I I don't know what the flaw is in this team or how someone's gonna knock them down because they have perfected being closers in the NFL Chris Jones is among the best in the league defensively and they just know how to turn it up come the end of the season 
But there's your top 10. Ravens, Chargers, Seahawks, Dolphins, 49ers, Eagles, Cowboys, Bengals, Bills, Chiefs. Izzy. I kind of highlighted all the strengths of each of those teams. If you had to go through and look at this and and start poking holes in some of these teams here, because that's the NFL. It's all about parody. Mm -hmm. Nobody's perfect. If you can, you know, styles make fights. If you can poke a hole and attack the weakness, you can have success in this league. If you're these two, if you're these ten teams, what are you concerned about? Yeah, I mean, you've got a pretty good list here, and uh, you want to you want to start at the bottom or you want to start at the top? You just like that I left the Jets off. I'm I'm happy that you left the Jets <laughs> off for sure. The twelve win Jets. Yeah. Uh, start at the bottom. So with the Ravens, it, it just. Now, they have a historical success that, like, one pass rusher goes out, another one comes in, mm-hmm. and they have no problem. But they had an issue last year. Now, they were betting on some rookies. This is what they do. Second-year jump. Is this what happens in Baltimore all over again? But it is fair to say, like, it's it's a lot on, like, Adolfo Owe to be, like, the guy, David Ojabo, to be the guy to take this step. If they get a pass rush, then, look, they're going to skyrocket up this power ranking. If they don't, that opens the door for your Jets, your Steelers, your Jaguars, your Lions to step into the top sure. 10 here. Yeah, sure. The Ravens are one of those teams that has that that foundation. And last year, you know, beyond the, maybe even overshadowed by the Lamar. Definitely overshadowed by the Lamar situation. The Chargers, like, I have a little questions about the defensive line. But for me, like the main thing is that they've gone out acquired uh, Kellen Moore to start running this offense. Right. But I, I need to know if Brandon Staley's actually good, the head coach. And you have to imagine that it's put up or shut up. It it, it absolutely like, the way he talks gets a lot of people on board. It, like there's a lot, a ton of logic in what the, he says. Yes, reason. Yes. and logic. But you you, you kind of have to start winning now. You've got. A supernova quarter, supernova quarterback. It's one thing if you're Kyle Shanahan and you'd be like, "We're setting up Brock Purdy for success," but it's still Brock Purdy. And I feel bad because I'm taking so many shots at Brock Purdy. But like, you can look at at Brock Purdy and say, "I don't know if you're starting for 31 other teams, but in this environment, we can have success." Justin Herbert's starting for 29 other teams. Sure. So you are in a position where coaches would fall over themselves to have Justin Herbert as a quarterback. You have to start winning. I need to know if he's actually good. Because if not, then a lot of people are just betting on potential that has never risen up. Seahawks, I mentioned it. Defensive line, man. It was rough last year. It was bad. They should have had a better season record-wise than they ultimately did. Because they lost a couple of games. I think the Raiders game in particular stands out. That one stands out, yeah. But they had a couple of other games there where they they could not get a stop. Just bullied. Just gashed. Now... They're the ones that are coming to the season. Think like we made some changes. We're excited about them. Personnel changes and schematic changes. But look, there's a chance that they still get pushed off and pushed around on the defensive line. And all the advantages you have in the back end suddenly fall by the wayside because you just don't have physicality up front. Yeah, and, and all eyes will, will be on that. Uh, and it's interesting, obviously, it's kind of the reverse of the, the Baltimore situation where all eyes were on the Russell Wilson departure and Geno Smith at quarterback. And that wasn't the problem at all no. for Seattle last year. As we know, Geno Smith, was he perfect last year? No. Did he have a darn good year? Absolutely. They lost games because they couldn't stop the run. 
multiple times. And that was it was such it was such a hole. Credit to them. They went into the offseason and basically overhauled the entire front. But it is a symbiotic relationship between the yep. secondary and the yep. front. They can have they've you know, they've gone back to the ultra athletic, huge wingspan freaks, yep. uh cornerbacks, and they've got we know that they have playmakers uh in in the in the safety ranks you know with with Quandre Diggs and who knows you mentioned Jamal Adams I I, I wonder what I don't know what to expect sure, from Jamal yeah. Adams he's like the ultimate wild card but yeah he's easily the the weakness for the the Seahawks or at least the the area that needs to improve for the Seahawks Miami's really exciting because it's Waddle it's Hill it's Teron Armstead who's a fantastic left tackle Christian Wilkins has taken a step Jalen Phillips is ready to take a step defensively Javon Holland is one of the best safeties in the league. There's so much high end. I just worry about depth and health when it comes to the Miami Dolphins. That's it. That's really about it. The offensive line's not great, but with the scheme, you can get by. But like you start picking up injuries there. And like Teron Armstead had a, a brief moment at training camp where people were like, oh, he, he left practice. And there was widespread worry because if they lose one body there, it's really alarming. Right. Well, how, but how do you feel about them? in those kind of dogfight games. We know that the peak looked like last year. Yep. Um, lighting up the world offensively. Two threats on both sides of the field to go deep. Do you see them as a team? It's not like, you know, the, the AFC East is not necessarily the most physical division. We're not talking about this being, you know, oh, they need to match up with the the old school Steelers and Ravens. But sure. if, if that comes, but like New you know, England, it's not like the Chiefs and, and the Bills are these hugely yeah devastating teams but they play they'll play close games and they'll get things done and i i don't know i just have a question about the dolphins in that spot the nfc east sneakily is going to be or sorry the the afc east sneakily is going to be a ferocious division because you mentioned like that physicality the patriots are there to just knock you that's what they are now yeah for sure that's 100 percent what they are the jets their defensive line like the reason i left them off was their offensive line and coach it's it's fair to just wonder if Salah is like a top ten coach, like we're having that conversation with Dan Campbell. Yep. But that defensive line is just going to pummel people. So the Jets or the the Dolphins are they going to be a finesse team? And if they are, how is that going to exist in that division? It, it, it's fair to wonder. Forty uh, Nine ers are just look. It's all about Brock Purdy. More shots of Brock Purdy. It, it, here, it's just Nick. it's all about Brock Purdy. The, the 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 schedule is going to still be easy for the Forty ers They just have an easier. Schedule just being in the uh, the NFC West this year, or just the forty or the the, the Seahawks and Rams. They, they all just have a bit of an easier schedule this year. But like you're going to start against the Steelers. We're going to know early if you can go up against elite competition and win. You're going to play Dallas at some point. You're going to play Cincy at some point. You're going to go against Philly. How does that look? And and for them, it's about Super Bowl. It's not enough to just go to the win thirteen games. Yeah, and go to the championship yeah. game and lose. It, it's that they'll probably be a top six team all year, but for them, is Brock Purdy the guy that takes you to the Super Bowl? On that though, is there anything that this tells us about Kyle Shanahan? We know the offensive schemes. We know that he has had very, very strong offensive teams, whether as a coordinator yep. or now as a head coach. But the always the question, especially in San Francisco, has been picking the quarterback, and that there's this idea that. He thinks that he can win with just about anybody. Yeah, is this the type of season? I'm not saying that it's make or break, and if they if, if Brock Purdy's not the right thing, that they fire Shanahan and so on. They, there's the Trey Lance thing that percolates that mm -hmm. that did not work out. If they do struggle, 
or not, you know, they're, they're, they're so strong at every other position mm-hmm. group that I, you can't see them having a blow up season. But if there are those questions and, and, and you put them in a tier close to Philly and Dallas, the idea is they should be the cla- one of the classes yep. of the NFC and they are going for the Super Bowl. And we, but if we get halfway through the season and we still have questions about Brock Purdy, how much of that is, it's not, I don't think a reflection of him. I think it's a reflection of Kyle oh. Shanahan and it's not his play calling and it's not nope. how great of offensive mind it is. It's more of a big picture organizational sort of asset management position that he's put himself it's, in. It's, it's more about a, like a personality thing than it is about anything football related. Because like, look, if they struggle this season, the easiest thing to do is, is move a bunch of players. You're not moving out Kyle Shanahan. It's hard to find people that are masters at their craft. And I like I truly like masters at their craft. Build your own personal philosophy. Find people who adhere to it. Force them to learn it. And then succeed in it. But I, I think they would be well served if he toned down like 5% of the hubris. And said... Right. Hey, can someone else win and create outside of my structure? And that was the intent, I think, behind the Trey Lance thing. But it just feels like he's built the car, wants to drive it himself, and do the directions. You just get to arrive at the destination, and it just—it's it, a lot. It, it, it's a lot, and it—it's it, all in his plate. But I don't. There's no reality that exists, at least it shouldn't, that Kyle Shanahan gets removed in the no, next three I'm, years. No, I'm not saying. Yeah, that. but like. You have to you have to but find can, a way to make it, it work. He can learn with something Kyle about Shanahan. himself, but or the organization should learn something about him. I guess. I mean, they they probably already know. But again, we we know it gets to the NFC Championship, and we know it can get you close to a Super Bowl. But like that was the difference between Jimmy G and Patrick Mahomes. It's at one point, Absolutely. you need someone to win the game. And Jimmy G overthrew a guy, and Patrick Mahomes did everything he did. Yeah, and Andy Reid had to make that choice. The Alex Alex Smith, yeah, was a very solid quarterback for a long time. They made playoff runs. They they didn't break through. The talent, there's something to be said at that position with with the high end talent. And again, you can win 13 games, you can get to the spots, but you actually have to go win the thing. And we're we're talking about three five percent difference here. It could be the thing that thrusts them. Uh, into winning the Super Bowl. Eagles, it's just defensive line. Um, they're getting a little bit older uh, in the interior. Obviously, Jalen Carter comes in. What impact does he have right away? But it, it's fair to wonder about like, the, the the spine of that defense. At linebacker and at defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave goes out. Uh, he ends up in San Francisco, so uh, another strength for them. Uh, but the Eagles, they'll be fine, but it's just a matter of what it looks like come at the back end of the season. Cowboys is Mike McCarthy. Dak, obviously, with the interceptions, but I think it's easier. I know we're talking with Donovan earlier, and it's true. Jerry Jones is loyal to his guys. But I think to it's easy. Fault. Yeah. I, I think it's easier to live in a world where Dak rebounds than assuming Mike McCarthy becomes a top five coach, top ten coach to thrust you into the championships. And I gotta admit, the last three teams, Bengals, Bills, Chiefs, I don't have any flaws for these teams. Like maybe the offensive line for the Bills, but they've kind of gone about this the right way those three teams are just like the cartoon of like yosemite sam like bring a knife to a gunfight and just like <laughs> keep escalating in, in, in what they have those those three teams are stacked and the the afc is gonna be a lot of fun to watch and i'm hoping the bills this year 
get to do because they're kind of the little brother in the conversation. The Bengals have got over on the Chiefs. Chiefs have got over on the Bengals. They haven't done that. If they can do that this year, it makes what the next five, six years in the AFC a lot of fun. Yeah, and I mean the Chiefs are looking to add titles. Like they've they've won it twice yep. with Mahomes. Now they're the defending champs. And for the Bills, the Bills are not – you talk about San Francisco being all about the Super Bowl. It's it's not about 12, 13-win seasons anymore. You, you've you hit that. The Josh Allen questions have been answered. Yep. Now it's about maximizing that window. And you know, you've got KC1, Buffalo 2, Cincinnati 3. You could probably you – know, respect to the champs, champs keep them 1. Yep. You could probably move. You could flip Cincinnati and Buffalo pretty easily. Yep. But it's going to, like, they've got those teams right there that they have to keep pace with, which, to your point, makes the AFC very appetizing this season. They're, they're 0-3 versus KC and Cincy in the playoffs. They got to be the ones that uh, break down the door and say, we're part of this group. Uh, it will be interesting to watch. As we get ready for the upcoming NFL season, those are your power ranks at the stands right now. We'll wrap up the show on the other side. Blue Jays on the way at 4 o'clock as well as they get ready to start a series against the Orioles in Baltimore. It's all coming up here on Sportsnet 650.